Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Common Asylum's podcast. So I'm not going to lie to you. I had another podcast I was going to um, release today, but I had such an amazing interview with my friend Anna over on the Woo Woo Stylist podcast that I had to push everything back and bring this one to you as fast as possible. So this is Anna interviewing me. And we are having all the money conversations. And let me tell you what, I was on fire, fire, okay? We talk about so many important topics, so many things that stylists struggle with, so many ways that you can get out of that struggle. And I had to share it with you. So this is a replay from the Woo Woo Hairstylist podcast, which if you do not follow Anna, you can find her on Instagram, also under the Woo Woo Hairstylist. And check out her podcast because she's bringing so many great conversations to the industry that we all need to hear. But before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you have been thinking about one-on-one coaching with me, now is the time, okay? Starting in May, things are probably going to switch up a little bit and prices are probably going to go up. And if you have been on the fence, if you listen to these podcasts and you're like, I know I need support, I know I need accountability, and I know that I'm ready to transform my life when it comes to my finances, now is the time, friend. Telling you now is the time. Do not wait. So go in the link in the bio or the link in the show notes and click the application. All the information is there. You can scour the website, see all of the things, what people are saying, how much it costs, all of the fun stuff that you're wondering. And it's time. I'm telling you, do not wait. Do not look back a year from now and go, shit, I am still in the same position or in a worse position financially than I was last year. It is time to make a change. And I promise you the change is not as hard as you think. So listen to this episode. Think about where you stand and go ahead and reach out. Let me know if you're ready for some support. 
Please enjoy this episode and do not forget to give the Woo Woo Hairstylist a follow on Instagram and go and check out her podcast. See you around, friends. Welcome to the Woo Woo Hairstylist Podcast. My name is Anna Lambert. I want to help you achieve whatever you thought was impossible for you as a hairstylist. I've been a hair extension specialist for 22 years, built a solid and profitable extension business, mentored and supported amazing hairstylists from all over, and creator of the Woo Woo Hairstylist brand. On this podcast, you'll get tools, strategies, and teachings to level up your income, productivity, and success. If you want to explore unconventional ways to create the life of your dreams unapologetically, you are in the right place. We dive into manifestation, spirituality, and mindset shifts to transform internally and release mental blocks that would normally stop you from reaching your potential. I'm so happy that you're here. So let's begin. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about money and your relationship with money and how it could affect your life in business working behind the chair. In this episode, I have a special guest, Misty Jane. She's real, she's relatable, and she's also a life and money coach for hairstylists. So Misty, thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your busy day. But before we dive in, can you tell everyone that's listening more about who you are, what you do, and your story? Yes, absolutely. Anna, thank you for having me. Um, So my name is Missy Jane. I am a Virginia Beach, Virginia local my entire life. Um, Basically, I'm a life and money coach for for hairstylists. So I help stylists build a better relationship with their finances. I help them get out of debt. Um, I help them take control of their money. So where, like, how did I like become this? Right. So I've been behind the chair for this year will be 20 years, which just still blows my mind. Um, and I was, I guess it's been six years now. I was that stylist that had a great clientele, had a great business, but I was losing my passion. I was feeling broke. I was still living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I had just had a baby and my husband and I were living in this small townhouse and I just felt stuck. I started feeling like I picked the wrong career. I had all of the feelings of like, this is my destiny of just being like a broke stylist. Right. And like, I was maxed out on hours. I was maxed out on clients. Like in my mind, like that was it. Like, this is just what my life is. And we used to drive around this neighborhood all the time. And I would always say like, we, we, we fucked up. Like we picked the wrong careers. Like we'll never be able to afford to live here. And it wasn't until I like, we both like reflected in the mirror and went, holy crap, it's not our career. It's not how we grew up. It's what we're doing, right? That is completely like putting us in this position that we're constantly complaining about. Mm. So we like dropped everything and we got our completely, like got our financial shit together. We realized that we were $84,000 in debt, Mm. um, which I didn't even realize we had that much debt. Like I knew we had debt. I knew we had like this credit card and this car loan, but I had no idea like, how in debt we were. Um, and we paid it off in two years. So we like cracked down, did all of the things, got rid of our debt. And like five months later, bought a house in that neighborhood that we used to drive around and say we could never afford. So what I realized a couple years later, because at that time I was a commission stylist, 
I realized after getting my financial shit together that I was building confidence in myself, in my decisions, in my financial decisions, in my life decisions. I ended up going out on my own as an independent stylist. Um, you know, a couple years after that, 2020 hit, I ended up stopping my career completely and starting this education and coaching business mm -hmm. because I realized that there's this hole in the industry, right? We talk about boundaries. We talk about making six figures. We talk about all of those things, but we don't talk about financial literacy outside of the salon. And there's so many stylists that, that were like me that live paycheck to paycheck that love their careers, but they just feel like they're never going to be able to like live this like wealthy lifestyle and I use wealthy loosely. I mean, wealthy by, by like secure, free freedom, things like that. Not necessarily like a millionaire, um, but, and I, there was just a hole. So here I am. That is essentially my story in a nutshell and why I have these conversations. I'm just trying to bring a more open money conversation to the hair industry because it is so needed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that. God, thank God you this happened because, and you're teaching others how to take control of their finances. Because like you said, everybody is taught how to make more income behind the chair, but then you have that paycheck. And then what are you doing with your money? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so interesting because when I think about how most of us are brought up, how we are conditioned to think and it's a generational thing. And I think that's why there's this broke etiquette that is rampant in the world, really. And, you know, I, I remember hearing this one time in The Secret. So, you know, that show, The Secret, yeah. it's like from a uh -huh. few years ago. I read ago. the book. Oh, so good. And in there, there was, I believe he was a philosopher. And he talks about how 99% of the world or 1% of, of people own most of the money. And then the other percent, 99% don't. And he says it was conditioned that way. It was created that way to keep us in a very limited lack mindset and to have a crappy relationship with money. And at the end of the day, if you're like, well, why, why is that a thing? It's because unfortunately, and I know I'm, you know, I'm not going to get in too into this, but it has to do with greed, control, and all the things. And so generationally, this is passed on, not our caregivers or parents' fault at all whatsoever, but it's passed on. And then we pass it on to our children because we are not taught financial literacy in the school system. Yep. And Misty, let me tell you, I've said it time and time again, you know, I have my daughter, she's going to be 12 soon. And I'm like, man, how great would it be? But this is where we have to take control as parents. But how great would it be if in the school system, there was something called life, life school, and that like, you know, included finances, how money, understanding money and how to make it and then also how to use it, how to give back and all the things. So it just lightens my heart so much that you're doing this kind of work because the world and especially us hairstylists or salon owners that are listening to this, because we're going to get, I know you're going to share so much goodness here that people will walk away with some kind of action that they could take right now. And so that leads me to Man, where did this start? I know I kind of touched upon it, but why do most of us, and I'd love to hear your perspective, why do most of us have a crappy money mindset? Mm -hmm. Just where does like this you start from? 
Yeah. I mean, just like you said, it's not taught in schools, which really is mind blowing. I mean, it is, it is completely mind blowing. Money is something you are going to have to deal with for your entire life. Like the fact that I was 30 years old when I realized that credit cards were a product is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and it's very true. Like think about your parents' relationship with money. That is what you saw growing up. Think about the things that you heard growing up. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? Um, uh, I'm not a numbers person. That's one that we hear a lot. You know, you, maybe you saw your parents every time a bill came in the mail, they would get like, you know, physically stressed out or their mood would completely change. So what we saw growing up is a has a huge impact on what we do with our money. And even shows, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. What shows did you grow up watching? Like I grew up watching um, Married with Children, right? Like this like <laughs> lower middle class family that like complaining about things like, you know what I mean? And it's like, so that gets like embedded into our mind. And it's not until we decide that we want to start thinking differently and doing differently that that is going to shift. Because if you think that what you know now is the only thing that you will ever know, and it's the only way you can ever be, you're never going to pull yourself out of whatever stuck feeling around money that that you have. Because for example, the money doesn't grow on trees. That's not true. Money is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you, there's so many ways that you could put more money back into your pocket literally today. But when you think about it, you know, so I always use the um, example, like when you're holding onto a dollar really, really tight, right? What happens? Nothing. It's stuck in your hand. No money can get in there. No money. Can, you can't make the money flow out. Like it, you're just holding onto it so tight that you're just like stopping yourself yeah. from creating the income, you know, the savings, that whatever it is that you're looking for. So we have to really think differently. And that can be very hard for some people, especially when you've thought the same way for your entire life. So yeah. I think that is, and think about your salon, right? Like how many times are you like, man, I want to go on vacation, but like somebody's like, oh yeah, I could never afford that. Like you're constantly hearing like these, like, I can't afford it. That's too much. Money is evil is a big right. one. Right. Yeah. So we think, well, I don't want to say that I want a lot of money because people are going to think that I'm evil or I'm bad or I'm greedy or, you know, looking for power. So I think that we have to shift all of these ideas differently. I mean, having more money doesn't change who you are as a person. It enhances who you are as a person. If you are a giver, having more money, think of all the things that you could give towards. Think of all the causes that you can put your money towards to, you know, make them happen. So I think that we need to shift the way that we're thinking, especially if it, you are in a place where you feel stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. You know, I've heard it time and time again, rich people, you know, are evil, greedy, just like you said. And in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, but there's also heart-centered, amazing, too. good people <laughs> right. that are rich. And guess what? There's evil people that are poor. There's evil people that are middle-class. And so it just doesn't matter. And, you know, there's also this heavy, guilty feeling of wanting more that I've heard as well. And in my mind, I'm like, man, you know, and listen, I've had to do a lot of work in this area, a lot, because I grew up with a lot of lack, scarcity, mindset, just struggling, hustle mode, got to survive. I literally had to survive because I was making, what, 10000 a year when I became a hairdresser. 
um, and taking care of my mom and and my brother and and my who has Down syndrome and my sister. So it was this whole thing. Um, but I'm telling you, when you start working on this money mindset and there's ways of doing it, and I can't wait to tap into that. You know, I don't want to jump ahead, but things start shifting. And I feel like with what you said, Misty, you started making changes. And with that, you probably saw evidence that this is possible. It just starts with taking that action first, you know? And so it brings me to, you know, we talked about the beliefs, the conditioning, where did this come from? What did you hear growing up? Try this exercise. If you don't know if you have a crappy mindset, look at yourself in the mirror. Cause I did this one time, Misty, in the beginning of this whole money journey for myself. Say, I love, I love money three mm. times and look at yourself in the mirror and really pay attention to the feelings that are coming up. You know, I, there's um, someone that I that I follow, uh, Catherine Zinkina, and she had such trauma with money that she couldn't even get the words out. Like, mm -hmm. I love money. Like, she couldn't even say, I love, and she couldn't even say the word money. So yeah. do that, because that's a great indicator. It's super uncomfortable. And you said something about, you know, like living like in survival, right? I yeah. think that that is something that... Um, people need to think about, you know, a lot of times we are so used to living in survival mode, even when it's no longer necessary. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of us are in that survival mode money mindset when it's no longer necessary. So I think looking in the mirror and like, and, and saying that, and I love that, like, and seeing how you feel, because that is the, like the first step. And when people work with me, um, the first step is assessing your situation. And that's not just looking at your bank statements. It's looking at what you saw growing up, how you feel about money. As you're looking at your bank statements, what feelings are coming up? I encourage my clients to journal out how they feel as they're doing this. And a lot of times there's shame, there's judgment, there's anger, there's sadness. Like there's legit emotions behind their past decisions because it's this kind of realization of, holy shit, I put myself in this position that I don't want to be in. Yeah. And it's okay to have those feelings, but, but it's learning how to get past them. It's learning how to, you know, realize, okay, at the end of the day, these numbers that I'm looking at on these bank statements are, are just facts. What yeah. can I do to change the facts and kind of taking the emotion out of it? But it's a hard process and it does not happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was even let's say for the week, right? You go, you're like, well, okay, how can I, because like I said, hairstylists, they'll go, they'll be like, oh my God, I need more money. We're not salaried, most of us. So not unless you're uh, getting paid hourly, but for independent hairstylists, sweet owners, it's like, okay, we're not salaried. We don't know. We're not going to be guaranteed a certain amount of money every year. And so I love, you gave certain examples because your Instagram is awesome with giving examples. What can they do to get more income? And it's not going to be your traditional way of, oh, okay, I'm going to sell more services. I'm going to think of recommending a service for someone that would benefit from it. 
Could you give a couple of examples of what someone could do right now, a hairstylist, owner, or whatever, to get more cash in their pa- in their pocket, in their bank account, to go maybe go towards a debt, like right now? And yeah, what is that? Actually, like? I have a freebie. You can go on my website or in my link in bio on Instagram at mistyjane.com or mistyjane on Instagram. And I have a five ways to find free money cheat sheet. And it actually has nothing to do with the salon. It's all stuff that you can do at home. And it's simple things. It's not, it's not rocket science, right? Like look, a lot of times people are just so scared to look at their money. They're so scared. They'll look at their balances, but they'll never like look at where their money is actually going. I guarantee if you go through, look at your subscriptions, Mm. what are you paying for that you are not using, or you have used once in six months that you're paying, you know, $14 a month for. Right. And people are going to hear me say this and they're going to start thinking, oh, she's going to tell me not to buy coffee. She's going to tell me not to do this, not to do that. No, 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 <laughs> I was no, ready no. to say that, but anyway, yeah. no, no, <laughs> that's no. so funny. That's yes. not what it's about, right? It's, a, it's, it, people think that if it's under $10 that it doesn't count, yeah. but 20, $27.40, no, hold on 20. Is it, I think it's $27.40 a day yeah, is $10,000 a year. Wow. Okay. How easy is it to spend $27 a day, right? Not even thinking about it. Oh, this coffee is under $10. Not thinking about this lunch was, you know, under this, not even thinking about it. Next thing you know, you spent $10,000 a year and you don't know where it went. And then you wonder why you can't spend money here. You can't save here. You can't go on vacation. You can't take off work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about not doing the thing. Like I will never tell any of my clients, stop buying coffee, stop doing this, don't pay for Netflix, whatever. But I will say, when you see that number, if you see that you're spending $500 in coffee a month, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Because if that makes you feel great and you would pay double for that coffee, then fucking buy your coffee, enjoy it. So good. But if you look at it and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea I was spending that. You've got to make some different decisions. Yeah. So it's really about like the feeling. I actually, this is very interesting. I was talking with one of my one-on-one clients. We had a coaching call this week and she was talking about the coffee thing. And she was like, I like my coffee at home. It's not that I don't like it. What she realized is, is she does not like bringing her coffee mug with her and having to clean it and carry it and all of the things. It was like a convenience factor. It was much easier to pop in Starbucks line, grab something, drink it, throw it away. So what she did is she bought disposable coffee. Uh, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's genius because a lot of times we're spending money for a different reason than we think we're spending it. Yeah. You know, so maybe we're walking around Target and we're spending a thousand dollars a month. I cannot tell you how many of my clients realized they were spending over a thousand dollars a month at Target mm. and had no idea. Mm. Um, and why are we doing that? Right. Maybe we're bored. Maybe we're sad. Maybe we're filling a void. So it's about like tapping into your emotions around your spending and finding the awareness and then finding new ways to fill the void without it actually affecting your bank account and without it actually affecting your long-term goals. Because at the end of the day, if you're sad, what's another way to, to help that? You know, rather than wandering around Target and buying stuff that you probably forgot you bought or still has a tag on it in the closet, mm. you, know, you call a friend, read a book, go for a walk outside. Like, what is something that's going to make you feel better longer than just like getting that dopamine hit 
and then forgetting that you did it and then getting a bill in the mail and being upset that you can't pay it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You have such a valid, I mean, I'm listening to everything and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Check, 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 check. And I love how you make it so digestible. And so it's so easy to understand and grasp like these simple little things of what you can do and then why you're spending, like what's really behind the the spending. And by the way, I just added, because I know you had mentioned subscriptions. And if you randomly signed up for a subscription, it was $14. That's like $168 a year that you can right. save, especially if you're not using it. I just did that the other day. I'm like, okay, what don't I need? And right. it may have been something that I heard that you say that made me go through my bank statements and, or actually rather my credit card statement and look through it and say, okay, Anne, what, okay, you don't need this. You don't need that. And it does add up. It adds up. Did you do that? You, you went through it? Yes, Where did, where's did. the money going that you were surprised it was going? Well, one of them was Lightroom. And I'm like, I haven't oh, used yeah. Lightroom in about maybe over a year. I'm right. like, okay, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, thing I, these apps is you can always re-download them. So if you use it once yeah. every six months, you can use it pay the $14, whatever for one month, and then get it again later instead of paying when you're not using it, you know? So true. And then I also noticed when I was going through everything, I'm like, oh wait, Bluehost, I had a hosting site and it was for a certain name that I was using for a website. I'm like, they just charged me $237. I got to cancel that, you know? So just, it's like a refresher because we get so caught up with our day-to-day lives of going, waking up, going to work, coming home, you're doing all the things and just taking this little bit of time, you could immediately make more income. You, you could sell things on Poshmark. Like you could sell things if you have the time for it and you, you have, you're like, oh my gosh, like what do you have in your home that you don't use? And you yep. could literally make hundreds of dollars there. Yep. So it's like we have all these resources at our fingertips. I think we just because Missy, you know, it's like you said, like, we're just so conditioned to think a certain way. Oh, the only way I can make money is in, at work. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. And I think too, there, there's this like, I had this thought the other day about like coupons and like, you know, saving the $5 and things like that. And it's like, I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, that is scarcity mindset. Or they think, well, that is like frugal and like that doesn't feel comfortable, right? But it's like you look at some of these millionaires out there that are nickel and diming things and that's why they're millionaires, you know? Half of the time we see these people with all this flashy stuff and it's a show or they're borrowing it, right? They're leasing it. They don't own it. So it's like I think that we need to get out of our head on what we look like yeah, and actually worry about what we want. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I, I, if you came to my house, my house is a, a 2000 square foot brick ranch. It's not fancy. It was built in the sixties, right? It has a huge yard. It's in a great location. It's a wonderful like area to like raise my family. But when I talk about my house, people probably think I live in this like crazy mansion that I thought I never could afford. And it's like, no, it was a safe space that I always wanted to have when I was younger. You know, and it's like, I don't care what anyone else thinks about it. It is something that I needed and my family needed. And I think that we don't think about that enough. I think we worry so much about how successful we look. Yeah. You know, and it's It's, like, it doesn't matter. Misty, it is so, you know, I'm so happy you're bringing this up because 
I remember uh, one of my girlfriends uh, in our home. This was many years ago. Beautiful house. Everything was brand new from the bottom up. Designed. It was gorgeous. I'm like, oh my God. And I love decor and design. And my husband's like, oh my God, you're so, everything is looks, babe. Everything is looks, you know? But I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a hairstylist that loves aesthetics. Like, right. for me, it's and a little- same, same. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I just like, even with my home and just, if, I, I love it to look a certain way because for me personally, it affects my energy, you know? And so- I'm like, oh my God, you know, so-and-so, your house, your house. She goes, Anna, come over here. She takes me to her fridge. She opens the door and she's maybe, she's got a carton of milk. Mm. She's got like, I don't know, 10 items in there. She goes, what you see, we're going through it. So I, I forgot the term she used. She used such a, like, gotcha. what's it called? House pour. Yes. That's exactly what she said. And I was like, wow. So even if your income show or people out there, a hundred thousand, but their expenses and debt are 80,000. Yeah. You're, you're struggling, right? You're struggling. You can make 50,000 a year and then have what? $5,000 in expenses, you know? So, you know, really be mindful I think for people to really have that awareness, just because someone's making six figures or a million, really what's happening behind the scenes. And right. just, just to keep that mindset, because it's not about making more. I mean, yes, you know, absolutely. If you have a money goal that you want to reach because that's your desire, you could do that. That's great. You could do it with your business as a hairstylist, but you could also do it with everything that Misty, you just mentioned right now. Well, I would challenge somebody that has a money amount, right? They want to make $200,000 or whatever. Why? Yeah. I would challenge them and ask them why. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. If, 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 if their dream life costs that much, then awesome. That's amazing. But if you're just pulling a number out of the sky and saying, that's what you want, why do you want that? Yeah. Because I guarantee if you sit down and you look at exactly the dream life you want, write down how many vacations you want to go on, how, what they cost, like what your house payment would be, like all of the things, write down everything you want in your ideal world, in your ideal life. It's probably not as much as you think. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's great having a number goal. I love, I have number goals. I love it. I love numbers, you know, (laughs) but why do you want that? It all boils down to the why. Why are you spending your money in that way? Why are you wanting to make that much? You know, it's, there's a book called Happy Money that I highly, highly recommend. Um, Ken Honda, I think is who it's by. And um, he talks about like giving and receiving money and how it feels, And I love this idea because I think about things that I have to spend money on sometimes that don't feel good. And then I think about things that I have to spend money on that do feel good. And and in the book, he talks about how, say you get an electric bill, right? A lot of times bills are not fun. Nobody loves getting bills until you take control of your money. Then you actually get excited because you can pay them, you know, without thinking. But um But he says, instead of looking at that bill and thinking, oh my God, I have to give $150 away. Think about it as this money that I am putting towards this bill is making my home comfortable. It's giving me heat. It's giving me electricity. It's giving me, you know, Netflix. It's whatever. And it's completely shifted the way I think. And even behind the chair, when you have a client that does not light you up, that stresses you out, 
Do you want their money? Half the time, no. It doesn't make you feel good, right? It's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not worth it. Yeah. So I think, but you have a client that lights you up and you love them and they leave happy and they can't wait to pay you and they tip you big. Like that money feels so good. Yeah. So I think if we could strive to always kind of have our ebb and flow of money because it is an ebb and flow. Some of it's going to come, some of it's going to go. It's an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You know, if we can just make that ebb and flow feel good, that's that's the secret. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love how you bring up the bills and how to change the perspective and the feelings around it because that was part of my work as well. And I'm like, wait a minute, when I do the bills, it's not fun because I do things the old school way. People are like, oh God, Anna, you're so ancient. I'm writing checks and stuff. I have written checks. Well, I stopped writing checks like two years ago, but I wrote checks up until then because it's what I always saw. Yes. Yeah. My mom always wrote checks. Right. <laughs> and for me, it's like, oh, no, no, no. I need to see, you know, things yep. like being the bill. And I don't know. I have to have this like move from one place. Girl, I'm just telling you, it's probably like some money trauma that I haven't addressed yet. But basically when I think about, like you said, you know, the gas bill and all the things like even the water, like think about, I go back in time, right? My grandmother, she grew up in Puerto Rico back in God only knows she was born in 1922, I think. And she, what they did was they went down to the river for water, filled up buckets, put it over her shoulders. And all we have to do is turn a knob and we have water. And we're so used to these luxuries, obviously, because we're born into it. But when you really think about how it used to be and like, this is a luxury or we could cook our, our food on a stove and just turn a knob. Whereas back in the day, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I guess they fire. Cooked, yeah. They cooked over fire. Like, could you imagine how long dinner freaking took? Right. You know, now, now you could order out. Now you could have DoorDash deliver. Like it's this whole system that is full of conveniences and, it's and exchange money for time. You're either yes. going to time or you're going to pay in money. Yeah. And you know, my husband is always one and I'm like, just, you know, uh, for me, it's like with money, it's, um, have fun with it. It's mm-hmm. save it budget. So my husband's always like, I don't want to budget, you know, but in my mind, I'm like, but you, he's like, I love to live life. I'm like, but no, one's not telling you not to, you still can live life, but Think about your future. You know, you could kind of just balance it out or have those three systems in place, budget, spend, and save. I mean, talk about that for a second, because that is one of the biggest misconceptions. And I call it a spending plan just because people don't like the word budget, but a spending plan is just that it's a budget. And that is the biggest misconception that it's restrictive, that I just want to live my life and it's not going to allow me to live my life. But all a budget is, is a plan for your money. That is all it is. I always say like one of my, this is so funny to me. One of my most like shared posts I've ever post is on April 20th. I always post a, don't forget to put your weed in your spending plan. <laughs> and so good. And, and the idea of this though, is that nobody can tell you where to put your money. A budget is not telling you, you cannot spend money on whatever it is that you want. If you like to throw $5 out your window every morning, because it makes you feel good. Great. But does it fit into your spending plan? Yeah, so like you can have anything you want in your spending plan. If, if your husband likes to, you know, I don't know what your husband likes to do. Gamble. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Okay. If he likes to gamble, right? Like, okay, you can put however much money that you plan on gambling a month in your spending plan. Like you can do whatever you want. It's not right. There you go. (laughs) Permission to spend it. Yeah. So rather than like looking back and going, holy crap, I can't believe I spent, you know, $500 on fantasy football. I only meant to spend 200. You have a plan that you can look at and you can go, oh, I spent 150 this month. I got 50 more I can spend. Like it's giving you permission so that you don't have the guilt and you don't have the shame. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest misconception is that it's a restriction when really it's just a permission slip. Mm. You get to give yourself ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. I'm going to use that term with my husband from now on instead of saying budget. Oh, so good. So good. So Misty, what, you know, when I think about like hairstylists that are listening to this right now, what is it that, and you you kind of touched upon certain things and I know that you have a freebie um, would it be okay if I left it in the show notes of Absolutely. the episode? Is that okay? Okay. Just for convenience. Um, yeah, I'll send you the link. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to leave that in the show notes guys. And you could, you could take action like immediately in taking control of your finding. You start seeing evidence that you're like, okay, wow, I was able to pay this off or, oh my God, I have like an extra X amount of dollars this week or this day. You're probably going to want to do it more and more and more. Yeah. And that's the beauty about this whole thing. You had mentioned that one book. Is there any other books that you love? I know one of the books that I really enjoyed is You're a Badass by Jen Cicero. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. a Badass with Money. So I really enjoy that one. Is there any other books that you really love? Yes, I, I'm i a book reader. Um, you can see behind me if you <laughs> podcast, but one of my favorites is Money Magic by Deborah Price. This is all like mindset. Um, This was probably my favorite money book, hands down. And also Atomic Habits, which isn't money specific, but one of our biggest problems is our habits. That is how we get ourselves into the position that we're in. And a lot of times um, we start a habit, right? We say, we're going to get our financial shit together. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to budget. I'm going to not, you know, I'm not going to spend for a whole month, which I do not recommend to anybody. Um, And then you find either like a wrench gets thrown thrown in it or, you know, something doesn't go as planned and you just say, well, this is, doesn't work for me and you give up. So Atomic Habits is a great book to kind of train your mind to do something a little bit different because, I think that's the biggest problem is once, you know, a spending plan, for example, the moment like you go over and budget, you feel like a budget isn't for you. I have been budgeting now for six years and I have never had a perfect month. It's not about perfection. Mm -hmm. It's about consistency. So when you have a plan and you have a goal and something throws a wrench in it, right? You say, I'm going to pay my debt off. And then you get a flat tire. You cannot let that flat tire completely stop you from hitting your goals. You have to remember that life just has bumps in the road and it's just going to test you a little bit more and that's okay, but it doesn't mean that it's not meant for you and it doesn't mean that it's stopping you. So for anyone listening, that's like, I've tried this and it doesn't work or I've, you know, I've read the books or I've done the thing, like find a new way, find a way that does work, like find an environment that that makes it easier for you. Ask for help. Yeah. I'm here. Other people are here. Like, like ask for help because I have had so majority of my clients have tried it before. 
they always say, well, I tried, I read Dave Ramsey's book and I, it just didn't work or, you know, and there's not a one size fits all. All of my clients, yes, I have like a framework that they can follow, but we tweak it if it's not something that they feel comfortable with, right? Right, right. So I think that you have to commit to yourself that you're ready to stop being stuck, period. Yep, yep. And I love how you meet them where they are. A hundred percent. So important. Yep. Meet them. I'm an Aries. I don't like when people tell me what to do. So I don't coach that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. My sister's an Aries. You know, one, one other thing. And I, and I kind of, I really think this is so important and we touched upon it, Misty, you touched upon it about, you know, money is an energy. And if you hold on tight to it, there's not going to be any room for more to come to you. Cause you're just, there's no room you're holding so tight onto it. And I, I believe I had mentioned this before in another maybe podcast or something, but one of the things that I love to do is give back. And there's something called, well, not only does it make you feel amazing, but it's called the law of reciprocity. And so it's one of the universal laws of the universe. And it's kind of like there's laws in the universe of gravity, right? So if you drop something, you know, it's going to fall. And with law of reciprocity, what happens is when you give, it'll come back tenfold and really giving without expectation of anything in return. And so when it comes to money, like for example, I'll start, I'll kind of explain it like this. If I go to a restaurant and I'm tipping someone and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a generous tipper. Um, Most stylists are, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I want my money. (laughs) Girl, seriously. And when I do that, I'm thinking about like, yeah, it's going to help that person pay their bills it's going to help that person pay for rent or whatever. And it makes me feel good. And mm-hmm. not only that, but even like when you go out to dinner and you pay that bill, like that's, and let's say the bill's high, but you think of the overhead. Think of like all the people that they have to pay, the lights that, the lights and the electricity and the water and the food and the chefs and the waiters and the waitresses and the hostesses. So, you know, when you start understanding about money and business and just, I know I'm kind of like going off, but really giving, just giving, because like I said, if, if anyone's having a bad day, you feel depressed, you get up and you're just like, oh, woe is me. You know, my life is this and this sucks and that sucks. I'm telling you, maybe you go for a coffee run somewhere, pay for the people behind you. Just do that one thing. Just try it for the hell of it. If you're like, that's weird, just try it for the hell of it. Cause I promise you you're going to feel better. And that little, that little action is going to call cause a ripple effect because you don't know, you know, what's happening in that person's life behind you. Right. I think that's, man, if we could just all, if people could do this, I know I kind of get deep with this stuff. I do. I could be. No, I love it. Well, it's got me thinking too about (laughs) this one, right? Like, I think that we make so many decisions based off of fear-based money, right? Like, like if somebody cancels or something happened, like, you know, oh, I'm losing money. So you're maybe taking a client that doesn't light you up. And and again, the money doesn't yeah. feel good, but you're just like, all, all you're thinking is that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Like you're focusing on the wrong thing. Totally. You know, And I think that that, that is what's stopping us is yeah. our focus on money is stopping us from making money. Because when you feel good and you're passionate about what you do, like even me with this business, when I first started this business, it's hard not to focus on money when you're not making money. Yeah. 
You know, when I first started this coaching business, I started from nothing. I was not an educator. I was not working with a brand. I did not have my first client. Like it was the first time I started a business from scratch. Yeah. You know, and I was so focused on the money because I was like, oh my God, like, what if I, what if I don't make anything, you know, that it was stopping me from, from anything, from all of the, the whole business in general. And it wasn't until I went, no, no, no. I want to help the industry. That is why I'm doing this. Right. The money will come. Yes. So learning how to have faith that that will, you will be taken care of in that way. As long as you like, you know, put your passions where they need to go and where you're, you know, you're serving in a way that feels good to you. The money will come. And as soon, I'm not even kidding. As soon as I switch that mindset, the business started blowing up. Yes. And yes. like, it gives yeah. me feels still, they, same with the house. You know, I never thought I could have this house. So I didn't even make it a possibility. Mm. Like it wasn't even like, no, we're not even going to try. Why would we try? Like, why? Like we're, we could never afford that. And it was the moment that we started taking control and doing things that felt good and putting our money to things that we valued. All of a sudden, holy shit, it is a possibility. Yeah. So I think we actually like, in building your relationship with money, you have to kind of let go of the idea of what money is to you right now totally. and kind of have a new perspective on money is just a tool. That's all yep. it is. Yep. And yeah. so it comes to really doing the mindset work because it all starts in our brain and it all is the thoughts and the meaning that we're giving it. And yep. so I love that the work that you do, because I know that you tap into all of that for people that are listening to this that want to take it further. Yeah. Where could they find you? Yep. So um, I, what you can work with me in two ways. I have a course called money beyond the chair and that's like your, that's your roadmap, right? That's for the person that like, doesn't necessarily need the accountability. They just need the knowledge. Nice. You know, they just like, how did, how did you do this? I'm ready to do it. What do I need to know? That's for them. For the person that doesn't necessarily trust themselves for the person that knows they need to make a change, but they don't know what the change needs to be. I have one-on-one coaching. So I work with somebody for six months um, and we deep dive eight calls. Like we, there's tears, it's emotional, you know, but I help you figure out how to control your money. And I help you learn how to coach yourself because at the end of the day, like in the six months, when the six months is over, life is still going to happen. Those old feelings are still going to pop up from time to time. They still pop up within me, but now I know how to switch what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. I can coach myself out of, of all of those old beliefs that want to sneak in. And that's what I teach my clients to do. So that's two ways. Um, also, I have the podcast. The Cash Confident Stylist um, is a great place to start as well. We have money conversations all the time. That is like where I, you know, that's where you see like the real Misty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Oh yeah. So I would just, uh, go to my Instagram. It's all there. Yeah. Come hang out with me. I'm an open book. <laughs> DM me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this, like when I'm, that's why I said you are so real and you're so relatable. And I love that. And so many people are going to be able to relate to, to so much of what you say, you know, you're super real, super authentic, you know, you don't put up a facade and, and I love that about you. I love that. Um, So for anyone listening to this right now, you know where to find Misty. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. And if anyone had, Misty, is there anything that you want to add on to this before we wrap it up? 
don't think that it can't be you. Yeah. Like, don't think that, that you're destined to just feel broke and that you're destined to live paycheck to paycheck. Like, do not think that you can't be that stylist down the street. That's making a shit ton of money and has the house that they want. And the, you know, like it can be you, but it starts with you and nobody can do it for you. People can help you. People can guide you, but nobody can do it for you. So believe in yourself. I know that sounds so stupid and cliche, but it's literally this the first step to getting your financial shit together and having the life of freedom that you're actually looking for. Yeah, yeah. So good, Misty. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening, if you had any aha moments, please, please, please tag me and Misty on Instagram at woo-woo hairstylist. And Misty, what's your Instagram? Um, it is underscore Misty Jane underscore. And that is J-A-Y-N-E. Everyone always forgets the Y. <laughs> Perfect. And like I said, I'll leave everything in the show notes. Have a great day. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.